Hello, everyone. I'm Trent Luce. Welcome to another edition of Rural Route, the program where we gather every day at this time. And it's Christmas week 2022. And what we do when we gather is the same every single day, every single week. We connect food producers to food consumers. And it's that week that Hank is getting the turkey all basted, all stuffed, and ready to have a big old gobbler on Christmas Day. How about a standing rib roast? Merry Christmas. You're going to eat beef roast? Yeah. Or, or rack of lamb. Yeah, I, I'm, uh, I'm full. You know, the tur- it's, it's a birth of Jesus. Yeah. It's a birth of Jesus. You have to eat lamb. You're a lamb producer. What are you talking about? Okay, you're uh, you you caught me. You caught me. I I I, I have repented. Bless uh, me, Father, for I. <laughs> I was trying to get your goat, pun intended, by talking about a gobbler, and you just. I know rent. you were. <laughs> <laughs> and it, and if you will read your American history, the gobblers came from here. When Christ was born, there were no gobblers in Bethlehem. Yeah, true story. So, yeah. So I mean, you got you got to eat lamb. Shepherds were there, three wise men, the shepherds. So yeah. Well, there 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 was also a donkey there, so he could eat a donkey. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> you, they were a burden. They they packed people around. They packed stuff around. I'm sure that when the donkey got to where he was no longer viable i'm sure that they ate him too yes sir yeah it's like marty said the other day yes. we we're talking about the difference between a mule that you get from kawasaki and a mule that has long ears and he said well the biggest one difference is that they both break down and one of them when it breaks down you can eat it you <laughs> <laughs> yeah. won't starve to death right away so yeah, I imagine out here in Nevada, many, many an old miner wound up eating these mule once in a while. Oh, I'm keep... guessing that happened pretty regular. Yeah. So, you know, they, they always try and bluff you that this used to be the paradise for hunting. And, and some of the early pioneers that went across here uh, wrote in their diaries that they, they were coming across somewhere between Tonopah and here. And they ran into a lady with a couple of little kids, and she offered them a bait. She looked; they looked in the pot, and they, she was eating scorpions. So they butchered one of their pack horses and gave her part of it and went on. So yeah, there was no wildlife to speak of out here until they started controlling predators. Same with that doggone lesser prairie chicken. And sagehens and and deer and all the things that seem to be disappearing and we're blaming it on man and and it's man's fault. Man has decided that somehow they can sing kumbaya and reintroduce wolves and grizzly bears, giant predators of all flavor, and it, everything will be wonderful. Now, I, I mean that is a pretty hard to choke down. I guarantee you. So I'm thinking on a different vein with the fact that it's Christmas week and you have mostly Peruvians. Do you have anybody that's not from Peru in your H2A program? Yeah, I got two boys from Chile 
and I've got uh, uh, a couple of boys from Mexico. Peru's having a mess down there. They've they run off the guy that was president, and I guess he comes from a group of people in Peru that pretty rough bunch of people. Well, then he's vice president. She's trying to take over and straighten things out, and so they're rioting in the streets and. People that went to Machu Picchu can't get out of there. and They've got some stuff going on. I had four boys, three went back to Peru just last week. And that's, you know, wonder. And now we're not sure if we're going to be able to get the boys back come lambing time, all this stuff. I mean, just always something. Fun, fun, fun. So the reason I ask the origins is what's Christmas like for a group of H2A herders on a sheep outfit? Well, in the garage, as we speak, there's 14 boxes of candy, 14 Carhartt coats with hoods, 14 wool caps, gloves, warm gloves, warm socks, and uh, uh, do I really have to tell you this? No, actually, it's a free country. Uh, you can tell okay. me what you want to tell me. It's, it's not like it's well, a social media outlet or anything. I mean, it's, this is a free country, Hank. For a treat, they all are getting a half a turkey. Okay, I say. <laughs> That's Boy, hysterical. Call me I don't care. <laughs> That's hysterical. You got 10,000 sheep running around there, and you're buying turkeys for your H-2A workers. Well, they eat lamb all the time. It's a little kind of a Merry Christmas, so get off my case. That's terrible. Oh, I'm I'm soft in the head and soft in the heart, okay? <laughs> well, at least you could you could have given him a pork loin or something. I know he got a bunch of pig meat recently. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess I could have done that, but anyhow, that's not quite as exotic for him as a... Uh, how do you give them half a turkey? You cut it in half? And just split it right down the back, uh, right, right in the middle. And then, uh, while they're frozen, wrap them up and send them. That's why you've been out hunting Each the last hour. three weeks so hard? You've been getting your turkeys for your Christmas gifts? Um, there's a few turkeys around Nevada, but I, I haven't seen any too many of them here so yeah no i haven't well so you know that world-class hunting outfitter up there in lamoille nevada the turkey hanging above his staircase going upstairs at mitch bazzetti's house is a nebraska turkey i imagine yeah there's a few turkeys over in clover valley but they kind of all pulled in on the trees on private land i don't know how they work that deal out so you'd think they were domestic turkeys they just moved right in and hanging around the grain bin stuff like that so so uh, they've planted in several places too. i don't know how, how it's working but so do you just give um the boys the, their christmas gifts or do you have like a little christmas company party or what do you do well, it's a little hard. Uh, some They're of them are sheep 80 camp. miles away. Yeah. Yeah. Some are. 
And the water truck drivers are kind of here polishing sheep bells because for the first time in three years, we got enough snow. We don't have to haul a lot of water, which is just fantastical. How much snow did you get? Oh, we got three or four inches and it's kind of rotten into the ground and freeze drying and going away. I keep hearing that North and South Dakota and parts of Nebraska and your country back there got blizzard conditions, huge snow drifts. As this week unfolds, we are going to learn about some severe devastation to um, livestock, I believe, because I know places, a, a lot of places in the western third of Nebraska, up even into Valentine, Ainsworth, got two feet of snow, but it was the 50-mile-an-hour winds for day after day after day. Yesterday was so amazing. I mean, we started at zero, but it was a gorgeous zero because there was not a wind at all. Sun was shining, and zero with no wind and sun is just pretty darn enjoyable. But uh, you go from western, even down northeast Colorado, I, I spent an extra night in brush than I planned to because of the weather. And you go all the way up into North Dakota towards the Minnesota border. There's a huge section that just got pummeled. Ah, that's terrible. Boy, I remember when we got hit over there at uh, Gandy with the snow. We thought we thought we had a little bunch of sheep that had just wandered off. And we were standing on top of them. They yeah. didn't know it. It was awful. Yeah. We air went after them with their planes and everything in the world. And they just got down to the little wash and get it out of the wind. And, you know, they were covered in snow and couldn't move before they knew it. And just yeah. it's standing up. Unfortunately. Brawl route. Hank Bogler checking in from White Pine County, Nevada. He's days away from being a commissioner. We'll be back with more after this. Right off the bat today, I want to tell you that I've got something new. It's a picture book. Robert Farnham at High Plains Cattle Supply did a great job explaining it last week when I Friday when I was in the store and brush. Stop in and see what they've got going on. Man, goodness, that store just continues to service all of Colorado and the needs of the Coloradan. But the book, the Trent Loose Picture Book, is available to you. But I'm not selling you one. You can't just log on to the website and buy one. You have to call me. I'll sell you one, but you have to call me. We have to have a discussion. You can find me or just email me, trentloose at gmail.com. Stop in, see Robert and Ashley and the crew today. See what they got going on. Welcome back. Roll route, Trent Loose alongside Hank Vogler, checking in from North Spring Valley, Nevada. Last week you brought us uh, the news that you had another mount on the wall that being um a prostate going for the grand yep. slam what's your progress report a week later uh i'm waiting to hear if they took my appendix out sometime in the last go around or two uh, my gallbladder's gone so i'm i'm a uh i got three three legs of it so far i might already be a grand slammer and didn't even know it you know i'm running out of organs to donate well, I don't think they left a lot of that pancreas in there when they're poking around. What year was that? 2011. Hmm. 11 years ago. Yes, sir. Time flies 
you're having fun. So, did they, they ever take your heart, you or know, did they find one, or what was the story there? Well, uh, later on, you know, they operated on me twelve times in eleven months, and when I developed a, a fistula on my spleen, it uh, got so big in my uh, lower cavity. It went through my diaphragm into my lungs, and every time I'd try and run a shovel or <laughs> change a tire, it looked like a Dracula movie. It blood all over. So when they mopped all of that up, Dr. Carr, when as he was putting me out, God love him, he says, uh, you know, SARS is real bad to ruin your heart. So if you wake up and I had to crack your chest, I had to change the, all the valves in your heart. So... Anyhow, when I woke up, uh, he hadn't did he hadn't done that, so I guess I still got him. Or you know, I I, I know that I, I ever since then, uh, you know, they use pig valves. I, you know, I kind of got real fond of corn on the cob ever since then, so I might have to check on that. So. <laughs> <laughs> All I know is I get the dang catheter out today. And you'll probably hear me scream in Nebraska. They tell me that's yeah. the worst part of the whole deal. Take the catheter out. Well, that's so. because you've had 10 days to worry about it. I guess. I don't know. I I just uh, going to be one more step forward, two steps, one step forward, two steps backward. So we'll see. Well, I'm glad you got I'm that heart to... still in there because you don't have many of your other original organs still around. I mean, you're kind of like a used car with a whole bunch of rebuilt parts. Yeah, yeah. The, I'd never be able to get on Carfax, would I? <laughs> <laughs> Too many bumps and bruises. <laughs> when they took a, when they took one of those uh, radiation deals or something, a, a CT scan, bone scan, to see if the cancer had gone anywhere else. Yeah. Evidently, when they give you that radiation, if you have cancer working somewhere, it lights up like a Christmas tree. Well, my, I didn't, which is fortunate, made me feel good. But they started asking me about, you know, lumps and bumps and stuff all over. And I go, well, I've been trying to break my body in half for 73 years, for God's sakes. So what, what are you worried about? But evidently, they found all sorts of junk <laughs> missing or overgrown or calcified because it had been broke or twisted before. So anyhow, I'm just glad to be alive, human being on Earth. You know, I got a lot of ex-wives to support. I can't be messing around. I got to get back to work. Yeah, I would think you've had too, too many days off now. Oh, I'm about to go crazy. I'll tell you what. And I'm supposed to, four weeks, I'm not supposed to lift anything over 10 pounds. So that's going to get tougher and tougher by the day. I've been, I hate to admit it, but I have all this robotic stuff. I, 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 I can't believe it. I said, you know, my wife has one of those vacuum cleaners that's robotic. And every time that goes down the hall, I, I feel passionate towards the darn thing. So, I man, I don't know what that's all about. But anyhow. <laughs> Does that have something to do with your prostate being gone? <laughs> well, 
they use robotics to take it out. Maybe they left something in there. I don't know. <laughs> You're now finding affection for other them. robots. I don't know what's going on here. Yeah. Yeah, I, sorry, it's just an odd deal. That, that and the fact that I got a something's going tick 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 in my stomach. So I, I'm going to check and see if that today if that doctor is is lost his watch. I don't know. It's, but I'll be all right. Yeah. All right. Well, best of luck with your checkup. But they didn't give me. The good news is they didn't give me any uh, chemo up and they didn't give me any radiation. So evidently that's another thing that they do if they don't think they got it all or whatever. So I just got my prostate on the way to the taxidermist. That's all. Yeah. When will you have that mounted? Oh, that was a that was a dangerous Anytime. question. I realize <laughs> any day it'll be here. I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> I I know the 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 doc kind of his eyes kind of bugged out and he backed out of the room when I asked him what the the if I could have that sent to a taxidermist so get the grand slam of organ removal. <laughs> I'm I'm sure the nurses well and huntsmen are thinking, man, how quick can we get this guy out of here? Oh, oh, that already happened. Oh, boy. Now, you have to understand I'm the cheapest date on earth. I think, you know, the people, they just get near that fentanyl and they and they go down. Oh, I bet I couldn't get within a half mile of that crap. I was in pretty good pain. So I took one of them oxycondins. And there's a little old tiny pill. And I'm laying there in that bed. And this guy walks in. Now, I'm not sure if I'm hallucinating or not, because he's barely tall enough to look over the foot of the bed. And he's got a notebook with him, and he wants to know what my address is. So I tell him, HCR. No, I got to have your street address. And I said, sir, we don't have a street address. <laughs> well, you got to have a street address where I can't give you these drugs. And I... I'm pretty high. I, I can I know that, but I'm starting to think this guy's I might be hallucinating. This guy can't be four foot five. So <laughs> we banter back and forth, and he's accusing me of being homeless because I don't have a street address. And so <laughs> I tell him, no, wait a minute. I mean, you know, I'm a little fuzzy up here in the brain right now, but I can homeless people would at least know what street. To have their drugs delivered on, they would have a street address, wouldn't they? It'd be in some town somewhere. It'd be 626 West Tyler or something. But I don't have a street address. I said, County Road 18 comes over the hill to here. County Road 37 comes up from the south. And they kind of run into each other. But I said, there, nobody lives out here but me. Uh, there's no village, there's no town, there's no, just, there's ranch house. And he gets kind of snooty with me. And I said, well, what? While I was getting operated on, did the country go completely communist? <laughs> and, and they want to know how to come and get me? Take me to the gulag? What, 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 the, what the hell's going on? And he storms out of the room like I did something wrong. 
So I'm supposed to get up out of bed and walk around. So I push the button. Nobody comes <laughs> for a half an hour. Nobody. <laughs> you, don't, you don't think they haven't got the hex on me. <laughs> so anyhow, finally, this gorilla comes in, bald headed gorilla. He comes in, he goes, what do you want? And I go, well, they told me I was supposed to get out of bed. What do you want? <laughs> now I'm pretty defensive. <laughs> and he said, well, we got a lot of complaints about you. And I said, no kidding. I'll be done. That's your word. Uh, but I guess if I had a street address, I, I, there'd be no problem, right? Well, you called Timmy or, you know, Tiny Tim. I don't know who it was. He said his name. <laughs> you, you called him a communist. And I said, I'm pretty drugged up, cowboy. I can tell you this right now. I didn't call him a communist. I asked him if there was a communist revolution while they were operating on me. Because... <laughs> They want to know what my street address is. So they can haul me to the gulag. Now, if you're not going to help me, just get the heck away from me. And my <laughs> doctor walks in. So then the gorilla starts being a nice guy, trying to be a nice guy. So when he wasn't looking, I got my little cart, pushed it out in the hall and went for a lap. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm sure they'll be tickled. But I guarantee you one thing, if he's the guy that's going to pull this catheter out... He ain't going to get her done. I won't let him do it. I'll call the name. <laughs> a real route, catheter or not. We're back with the second half right after. <laughs> Take a moment and minute. <laughs> Talk about certified Piedmontese. Check out what's going on with the world of meat marketing. This carnivore thing continues to grow, and certified Piedmontese is positioned for that growth. Trust me. Get details about all of the last-minute holiday specials by going to the website, certifiedpiedmontese.com. The cattle come from the Great Plains of America. Welcome back. Roll route. Trent Luce alongside Hank Bogler, who's later today headed over to Salt Lake City Huntsman Cancer Center, where... A list of people have signed up to pull a catheter out longer than a <laughs> polygamous clothesline. <laughs> yes, Everybody, for whatever bomb, reason, I suddenly think. wants to pull this guy's catheter out. I don't understand that. And they want to go through my ear to get a hold of it, too. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> Are we, we've become so woke. You know, and and I'm sorry, some woman walked in, wanted to know if I had a living will. And I thought, what? I said, lady, I said, are you a lawyer? Are we going to sit down and write one? What? Isn't that kind of a personal question? I just come in here to uh, have my prostate taken out. What? What's that? Well, we just want to know if you have any signs of PTSD or depression or some psychiatrist or something. And I said, well, I, I I know I've got PTSD and I am depressed, but unless you buy a lot of lamb, you're not going to be able to help me. <laughs> well, that made her mad. She stomped out. I'm trying to that little big, little jocular, you know, you know, it's you. It's better for you to giggle than it is to wiggle. I mean, for God's sakes. I mean, and they all act like that. I was some sort of a brute for just trying to have a little sense of humor. I'm not woke, I guess. My 
my gender neutral non-binary pants don't fit very well or something. I don't know what that is. Did anybody ask I'll you sure what your pronoun was? Catholic. Hey, what is that? I've never known that. Now, what, what is a pronoun? <laughs> I know what a pronoun is, but how, how, do, how am I supposed to work that one in? <laughs> well, what, I don't know. You, what am I you got, you got about five hours to figure it out. <laughs> well, yeah, but do I, am I, do I say it, we, they, me, he, she? I, what, 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 how do you, how do you think, line up for that? I, I think you should just identify yourself as a ram the rest of the day in Salt Lake City. I mean, you're very closely aligned with the sheep anyway, so just go, like, just tell them you're a ram. Just call me Buck the rest of the day. <laughs> no, 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 you know, I had a guy named Wendy Ray Fisher. We used to call him Sheep Dip. And he went to town to get a driver's license. Well, he went to town to get on a drunk, was all it was. About 2 30, 3 o'clock in the morning, here comes the guy that owns the Palace Cafe and Lounge at my door. And he's got sheep dip leaning up against the building. And I said, Richard, what's up? And he goes, next time this SOB wants to get on a tooth, you call me. I'll bring the beer out here. Don't you ever let him come to town again. <laughs> I said, well, for God's sake, what did he do? And he says, it's bowling, lady bowling night. I got a crowd in there. He walks in, three or four ladies sitting there having a cocktail after bowling. And he, he throws his motel key on the table and goes, hello, honey, I'm a sheep herder. Brr, brr. <laughs> And just absolutely clean my joint out. Don't you ever bring him to town again. So, so anyhow, well, I took him over to the bunkhouse. <laughs> so, dare I ask why we call him Sheep I, Dip? Oh, well, he wasn't a good sheep herder. Uh, he uh, he could clean pins. <laughs> One time we were moving a band of sheep by the house, so I said, "Go ahead and get you some breakfast." He come out and he's like, your wife's a good cook. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That was good. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So we went on down the road. Here come my wife. She's so mad she can't see straight. She had the table set. She was in the bathroom fixing the kid's hair. She come back out. She dip and ate everything on the table. <laughs> <laughs> The kids had to go to school with a banana and an orange. So, yeah, it was a bad day. So when I took him over to the bunkhouse, I said, I thought you went to get a driver's license. Well, he said, they flunked me. I said, they did. Why'd they do that? Well, I don't know. I did everything that man asked me to do. He said, I want you to drive up the street here a little bit here. And I want you to parallel your, your park. I want you to switch lanes. We pulled up on this hill, said, set your park brake. And I set your park brake. Yes, like, oh, oh, God, I did everything that man asked me to do. And he says, Mr. Fisher, look me right in the eye. He said, Mr. Fisher, can you make a U-turn? And I said, no, by God, but I can make her eyes bug out. And he <laughs> flunked me. I'm telling you what. <laughs> he was... He was worth the entertainment value. <laughs> One time, after I'd moved down here to Nevada, I hadn't seen him for years. 
big old Pontiac on them great big old long convertibles. I mean, it was huge. Grand Prix. <laughs> his tent, he could pitch, his hat, he could pitch for a tent. Anyhow, I walking by the house, going to get some parts, the phone rings. And, and I go, hello. And he goes, Hank Bogart, I'll bet you, oh God, oh God, oh God, I'll bet you a hundred bazillion dollars that you'll never, ever, ever, oh God, in a million years, guess who this is. And I said, sheep dip. And he goes, lucky guess. <laughs> 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 yeah, but you failed so, to mention uh, why you call him Sheep Dip yet. Okay. We were calving some heifers at the same time. He had one part of the barn calving some uh, ewes and one thing or another and taking care of some sheep. And he would come over there about the time we'd pull a calf. And he had this huge bell voice. Just, whoa, whoa. Bob McDonald was pulling this calf and he come over there and he, he yelled out, what are you guys doing? And this heifer just fired one at old Bob and got him right where the colt sucks. And God boy, Bob was so mad he couldn't see straight, so I'm going to kill him. I said, oh, we'll just set him up. So the first thing we did, we had a bottle, a Crown Royal bottle, which is fly. And and if you got it full of iodine to put on umbilical cords, it doesn't slip. And that iodine even then was expensive. So you'd hang on to that bottle and pour iodine. So we hid it on the top shelf in the uh, above the grain bin. And I said, "Hey, sheep dip." I said, uh, "How about you uh, cleaning up that around that uh, grain bin there? We're gonna change some things." Oh gosh, yes. I oh, nothing I like better than helping you cowboys. Oh gosh, gosh, gosh. Bob and I went there to the stall and was looking through the through the logs and he saw that bottle, but it was way high up there. So he started looking around for us. He reached up over his shoulder and he got a hold of that iodine bottle, took the cap off of that, took a big old swallow. Oh, no way. <laughs> yeah, he had a brown tongue, brown circle around his mouth and then brown spots where he'd spit. And then it blew back in his face. So we come out and we had this heifer. I mean, she was on the fight and she had horns, big old set of antlers. So we locked her in the room where we had a kind of a head catch to pull them calves. And I said, Cheap Dip, what'd you do? Did you hurt, cut yourself? Oh, I always shy. And then, yeah, I cut the part. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you wouldn't mind getting a five-gallon bucket of water. <laughs> We're gonna pull it. We got a cow in there. We're gonna pull a calf on her, and we need some water. Oh, bush, yes. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I'll do that right now. So he stomped out, got a gallon, a five-gallon bucket full of water. He come back in. I opened the door for him, and this is a walled-in. There's no way out. I mean, unless you go out through the manger, and then you got to go into the hayloft. And he is too big for that. So I said, here, let me get that door for you. And Bob McDonald's standing down there by the light switch. I opened it. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, God, you guys are just the best help. Oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> he went in there. <laughs> I locked the door behind him. Bob flipped on the light. He's in there. Here. Say, say, hey, hey, say, hey, say, hey. It sounded like a cat going around on the walls. There was a bunch of harness 
spokes that we were using to, to hold up ropes and harnesses and stuff in there. And he was somehow got up there and he, this old cow was swapping at him with those horns and just barely missed him, but ripped his shirt. That's all about she did. So we let, we let her out. You know, he didn't come back in the barn for about a week. He stayed plumb <laughs> away from us. So, you hey, ever put, he, he said, don't, don't bring me all them toy cases of beer. Bring me a case of beer. One time he, he put cooking wine on the list. Well, I thought cooking wine would be over with the cooking with the wine wine. Well, it's over with the uh, like uh, Heinz 57 and stuff like that. Vinegar. Yeah. It's not over with the wine. So I got him a gallon of Honeywood Tokay and took it to him. Next morning, he went to borrow his pack horse. And he come out and he tossed that empty wine bottle. And he goes, Bob's at McDonald's says, hey, I thought that was cooking wine. Oh, God, he said, you should have been here a minute ago. I had to give you a drink, but it's too hot to cook. (laughs) (laughs) He sucked on that wine all night long. Oh, boy, he was was quite a guy. Sheep dip. You know, there's a, a whiskey named Sheep Dip. A scotch. Yeah, it is. And it's guy. pretty expendy, and people buy it for me all the time. They think it's a big joke, man. Doesn't bother me. I take them and take it. <laughs> the yeah. joke is on Can you. Pay. Thanks for the whiskey. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I've got three or four bottles of it in my bottle collection. They're empty, of course, but uh, yeah, that's it's. Uh, see, people see that in the liquor store and they go, "Oh, we got to buy more a bottle of sheep there." But, I, evidently, they, they had taxes on liquor in Scotland, but they didn't on the sheep dip. So they when they put the barrels together, they just put sheep dip on the barrel, and it was scotch, and then they could get it past the uh, tax collectors. So See, that, that was... That's the, back the, in the days when know. there was corruption in government. No longer. Oh. Hank Bugger. One segment left after this. Now let's talk about protect the harvest because at the end of the day that's what hank and i talk about that's what andrew and i talk about that's what we talk about every single day protect the harvest but there's somebody that's doing more than talking they're empowering you we get you the information that you need on a timely basis to maintain a free and fed america folks that's truly what it's all about can we maintain a free and fed america because without a fed america we don't have a free america that's the bottom line so what do we need to do to make sure that that happens Well, first thing you do is you empower yourself to take control of your daily life. And the place to get information on a daily basis is protecttheharvest.com. Check out that Joy Carter movie. It's a documentary from North Carolina. It's quite moving. In fact, this week I'm going to have Joy Carter on myself. Details about Protect the Harvest on the web, protecttheharvest.com. Welcome back. Roll route, Trent Loose alongside. How can we talk a segment and a half about a guy named Sheep Dip? <laughs> and we can I go still on don't. a lot longer I, if you'd like <laughs> And I still don't know why you called him Sheep Dip unless it's just uh, tied to the iodine situation. Well, it was tied to everything. I mean, uh, when he pulled up in that big old Pontiac, and that was in its heyday when they were as long as a polygamous clothesline. And he gets out, 
Hey, my name, he had an oral resume. My name's Ray Fisher. Everybody calls me Wendy Ray Fisher. I heard a cheap for, oh, God, oh, God, what was his name? He's a big man there. Dylan Montana, name of uh, 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 Reavish. Pete Reavish. Yeah, oh, big man. Oh, God, he's a big man. Had a lot of sheep. Well, Pete Reavish is Joe Helly's, was Joe Helly's father-in-law. And now the boys, you know, down through the lines. But, but evidently, Pete Reavish used to have sheep dip on. And, he, and now, oh, God, oh, God, like the cigar, uh, Big man, oh God, he was a big man. Had a lot of sheep. His name was uh, King Edward. Yeah, King Edward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, there in Montana. And then I worked for Stringer Brothers. There, you know that John Stringer. That was his resume. He told you all this stuff. Well, we needed somebody to clean pens and kind of help us around there during lambing because we were calving those heifers too. So I said, okay, I give him a job, and all. In an oral resume, he didn't bring much with him, except an appetite. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, <laughs> it was just learning and growing experience. Chalk it up. He was, he was almost worth it for the entertainment value. Yeah. Don't bring me one of them little case, half a case of beer. That's a toy case of beer. I want a case of beer. <laughs> okay. That's back in the good old <laughs> days when we made those characters. Yep. Well, and that's what worked on ranches. You know, not necessarily that caliber. There were a lot of them that were a heck of a lot better, but uh, that that was a starting salary job. And, and a lot of the people that you hired were fighting the Korean War or, or still fighting the Second World War. And they had uh, alcohol abuse problems and and uh, there was no welfare or anything where they could just stand town drunk. They'd put them in jail and then call around to the ranches and get them jobs. And and some of them kind of get cleaned up. Some of them work, you know, Lester Keister, chore boy. You know, he, he had grand plans. He'd buy a pickup. He'd buy tools. He'd buy lawnmowers. He'd buy televisions. He was broke all the time. He's always buying something. And then all of a sudden, he'd start piling up some money. And he'd go to town and get on a winder, and he he was just a mess. Well, some time during the process, he either uh, took a check out of the office or he fixed the check, uh, one of his payroll checks or something to where he could write a check on it. And I, if anybody in that little town, if the check had been for a couple thousand bucks, they'd have cashed it and never said a word. But Lester was a big thinker. He'd go into the bank. My sister was married to the banker's son, so there was a little bit of a connection there. And the check would be for eighty or ninety thousand dollars. Well, if old Hank Dickerson wasn't in the bank, one of the tellers would call the cops. Well, then we had to get him away from the cops because he's a good chore boy. But they would haul him to Pendleton to dry him out. Well, that's 200 miles away. And then they wouldn't let him out. They had to evaluate him. Well, for God's sakes, he was on the Aleutian Islands <laughs> fighting the Japanese when they was, and he was still fighting them uh, when I knew him, only when he was drunk. But he was a good chore boy. And so we'd have to beat feet to town or somebody would have to get him and, and the sheriff would give him to us. But sometimes, you know, the, 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 
the fine or whatever it was, the, the booking had already been done, and they'd haul him to Pendleton. Then we'd have to go plead to get him back. And then he might work a couple more years or whatever, and then buy a lawnmower because he'd hawk all that stuff. He wouldn't have nothing but the clothes on his back when he went into the bank with a $90,000 check. Oh, so if what he was uh, in World War II on the Aleutian chain, he would probably on Cherikov because, you know, that's the island I went to 200 miles southwest of Kodiak Island, south of the Aleutian chain. And Hank, I went there in uh, like 99 and 2000. And there was a area that I estimated to be the size of a section, 640 acres or so that nothing grows. I mean, just it's sterile. And there's wow. a, a bunch of towers that have fallen over. And so you can go do research on it. And it was a Japanese anti-aircraft miss uh, tracking station during World War II. But whatever they had there was some potent stuff because there's, you know, there's, I estimated about 1,700 cows and they're still there on Sherikov Island. But those cows would not even walk across that sterile, barren dirt. Something is going on there. Wow. Well, he was in there somewhere. He always said the Aleutian Islands, but, you know, when they when they dumped him out and said, shoot at those people over there. They yeah, absolutely. Say, oh, yeah, and here's a geography lesson for you, too, kid. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's straight south of the Aleutian Island. The Aleutian chain runs just directly parallel from the bottom of Alaska towards Russia. And then Sherikov Island just sits right. out there by itself, 220 miles southwest of, of, of Kodiak. And I was there twice. Because the government, in their infinite wisdom, wanted to get the cows off of that island and uh, turn the island into a bird sanctuary because somehow they believed that the cows were affecting the birds. Oh, yeah. They're real bad to do that. You know, they eat their eggs, they, they catch them in a corner, they'll eat them. It's terrible. Yeah. 33,000 so Probably need to put some bears. That's a, probably need to put some bears in there. That's the thing. This island had no predators for the cows other than weather. Yeah, and it must have been keeping them in check if that's all there were. And somebody brought them in there after the war and, no. and uh, wanted to see if they could raise cattle? No. So there's two parts of that. The Russians, when they were invading Alaska, because we bought uh, Alaska from Russia, right? Um, so they were Stewart's taking... Folly. Say that again? Yeah, Stewart's Folly. Uh, Stewart's Folly. They were taking the unruly natives and putting them on the, these islands, the Aleutian chain and down at Sherkov. And they would use that as a penal colony. So then what they did was they populated it with cattle and fox so that they could make clothes. And uh, so there were fox there and cattle. And those cattle were so unique. In fact, after I was there and wrote about it and did a lot of media work, the USDA went in there and captured some genomic studies off of those cattle because they were fairly unique to anything in the u.s they look more like jerseys than they did uh, anything that we have but after world war ii somebody discovered that there were cattle there and this island has been self-sufficient for 
at that time, 100 years, because it was about mid-1850s when a Russian did that. They wanted to build a packing plant on the island. And I went in a building that they originally thought they were going to turn into a packing plant. And then they brought some Hereford and Angus genetics in there and dumped in there and tried to upgrade, if you will. But that never worked out. It all just became a shell and it just sat there doing nothing. Nobody lives on the island. It's just, it was an amazing experience. There's some place down in, I think, New Mexico that there's some wild cattle running on the forest that, that they're having quite a controversy over trying to capture them or shoot them or whatever they're doing with them. Yeah. So, yeah. I did you know, a story on that too. Trying to be pure. Trying to be purist, and we never will be. Uh, you know, I mean, it's just uh, you wake up in the morning and and you you go outside and you wonder if there won't be two suns that go down that they've absolutely transferred you to another planet. I, I don't know. <laughs> we lost the war when we lost the Department of Education. Yeah. Well, that was part of the plan to infiltrate and indoctrinate our kids yeah yeah and, Which, and don't teach them about any of the of the people that survived wars and fought for this country and did all the things that we did to become the nation that we are the most unique nation ever on the face of the earth and we're going to squander it all uh you know for for nothing did you ever read anything written by, and I think most of it was written late 70s, early 80s, by Ralph Epperson? I have not. He had, he wrote about the New World Order. He wrote about the untold stories of government around the world. And in the early 80s, he was writing about the day was coming that the government would encourage kids to choose their gender. The day was coming that mothers would be forced to work in the in, in the employment world instead of raising their kids so that the kids could be raised by the state and indoctrinated instead of educated to the way of the real world. I'm, I'm glad none of that stuff's happening. And, oh, and of course, it's illegal to have a, a religion and that you would be persecuted and put to death if you were caught doing your own religion. And I, we know that'll never happen in the U.S. No, it happened in Rome. They used to throw the Christians to the lions. That was, you know, fun yeah. event, I guess, if you're on, if you're well, it's part of coming. the program. I'm going to quote Hank Vogler. It's coming to a town near you soon. On behalf of <laughs> Wendy Ray Fisher, Sheep Dip, who's the star of the show today, Hank Vogler is going to give us a full report on how many nurses it took to get the catheter out when he goes to Salt Lake City <laughs> later today. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. I love to say that. You're not supposed to say that anymore. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Merry Christmas to you, Hank. We'll see you soon. We have successfully journeyed down that road, connecting food producers to food consumers. For Hank Vogler, I'm Trent Lewis. Both of us reminding you that all roads do indeed lead to a roll route. One other thing that we need to address before we get out of here today. Do you appreciate the heat working? Do you appreciate the lights coming on? Do you appreciate everything that coal generating electricity does for you? 
then go to the website and check out the phenomenal videos I Am Lignite that the Lignite Energy Council has put together. It's about the people, the people behind the scenes, including the linemen that don't get enough attention. All I'm asking is go watch the videos. They are incredible, and you will get a true glimpse of the people doing what it is that makes all of these convenience work. Lignite.com.